0: Father's Day, and reminds me of a story, you probably heard it, but of a little boy and his parents going home after church one Sunday morning, and the little boy was in the back seat, and he was unusually quiet. And uh, the father said, son, is everything okay? Nothing. And finally, after about a third or fourth time of the daddy trying to say, son, what's wrong? The little boy said, well, he said in church this morning, the preacher said he wanted us all to be raised in a Christian home, and he said, I want to stay with you guys. <laughs> it's uh, Uh, so I, I imagine that as, as parents and especially as fathers, um, there have been times that, that we all of us have felt that we've really uh, missed the mark. Matter of fact, uh, if we can just lay this and get this aside, that there, that there's there's not a dad in here this morning that's not blown it. Uh, we, we you know there's times that we've blown it. The only there's only one perfect father that I'm aware of. Larry mentioned him. And we see him modeling for us in so many ways how to be dads. Now, I'll just tell you, when, uh, when Barbie and I in Stevens County Hospital and our first, and Paige was born, our first child, and I'm thinking, I can coach a ball team, I can make a garden, I can do all kinds of stuff. But they're, they're, they didn't give us an owner's manual. You buy a, even a used car these days, you look in the glove compartment, there's an owner's manual, you know. But they, they didn't give us, they just, after about three or four days, they said, get out of here, take this kid home and raise it. <laughs> and I'm looking at Barbie and Barbie's looking at me and it's like, honey, you better know how to do this. Because I, I have, I'm not a clue. We, we've all blown it, but we grow in that. And, we, and I, I love, I grow and I learn best by watching somebody do something. If I can watch somebody do something, I'll learn. And, and, and our Heavenly Father has modeled that for us this morning with His Son, Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus has, has just been, uh, he's just been uh, baptized by John the Baptist. It's just, it's just, he, and he, He's getting ready now that He'll go into the wilderness. He'll be tempted 40 days. Then He'll come out and He'll begin His earthly ministry. But in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus has just come up out of the water. In verse 16, we read this. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We're going to be looking at those a lot. I want to talk to you this morning about a father's blessings a Father's Blessings. And it's uh, it's something that's been on my mind, it's been on my heart a, a long time, is the importance of, of we fathers being a blessing in our home instead of a burden. And being a blessing in our churches and a blessing where we work and a blessing to our family. There's a, I'm gonna share, some of the things I'm gonna share with you birth themselves in, in a book, uh, I got many, 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 many years ago. But it's one of those things, I got it, I read part of it and laid it down, and uh, it would be much later when I would be going through and pick it up and say, man, this is good stuff. I didn't know this was this good. This is a, this is a library's edition, I have mine at home, but it's called The Gift of the Blessing by Gary Smalley and Dr. John Trent. And uh, let me let me share a, a paragraph here from this that's going to be very, very appropriate. Says, um, talking about the the principles that we're going to be looking at, some of them this morning. Says, husbands can apply these principles in blessing their wives. And wives in blessing their husbands. Friendships can be deepened and strengthened by including each element of the blessing. These key ingredients, when applied in a church family, can bring warmth healing and hope to our brothers and sisters in Christ who may have never received such a blessing from their parents. These are the very relationship elements that God uses in blessing his children. You see, we were created for a blessing. Now, I know I I don't encourage people to run around and say, bless me, bless me. I think we need to be a blessing but in Genesis chapter 1, I'd never noticed this before. In Genesis chapter 1, after God had, had created his, his uh, work of creation and after he had created human beings, notice what he says here in verse 27 and 28 of the first chapter of Genesis. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he male and female, he created them. Now look at this, and God blessed them. And God blessed them. The Hebrew word that's used here, blessed, uh, B-A-R-A-K in our alphabet, but it's used over 640 times in the Old Testament alone. And it has the connotation of of bending the knee before, um, honoring, uh, valuing them. Now, let me, a word to the fathers here. Uh, the message, I want to know. the message is for everyone. I believe there's something in here for everyone. After first service, I had probably more women come up to me, wives, mothers, and grandmothers, and say, man, I, we took notes. We, 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 with, we, God spoke to us. Maybe more than men, but, but it's for everyone, but especially this is for dads, because I know men, how hard it is for, if you're like I am, especially with GPS, it is so hard to ask directions, right? gone! And my wife says, it's a man thing. She said, boy, I got a lot of bands from the women. It is, it is. And, and she, I think Barbie traces the roots back, uh, Larry traced Father's Day back to many years. Barbie traces the roots back to when Moses was leading the Hebrew children in the, across the desert for 40 years. And it was just a short trip. If you'd only stopped and asked directions, it'd have got there a lot quicker. Well, it's a, it's a man thing. And, and men, let me just say, I, I, if you're like I am, oftentimes it's hard to process um, advice that we haven't asked for. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, especially if people come up and try to tell you how to, uh, how to do, spend your money or how to raise your kids, or raise your family, or how to, how to deal with the love problems in your life. Uh, you know, we got to just tune them out if we're, if we're gracious and kind. We can smile and think, you dummy. I, nobody asked you for this. How about looking in the mirror? I mean, all kinds of these things. That's probably just a man thing. But I'm going to ask all the dads, particularly, don't tune me out this morning, okay? Because I, I, I'm not trying to give you advice. I'm trying to share with you things that I've I've learned and I'm learning. Let me put it that way. And I'm learning in my life and things that I've I've seen and and learned, hopefully, in the years experience that the Lord's given me. So prayerfully consider these. Uh, And I'm gonna gonna say that it's it's not too late for each of you, for each of us, it's not too late for a person um, to, to be used of God to bless our, our children your children may be grown and gone they may be young, you may be rearing grandchildren you may have great-grandchildren uh, you, may, you may God may have not given you your children, but you find yourself and I shared this this morning, you find yourself being a, a, a parent or a grandparent to children in the church it's not too late to, to apply these to our families, to our relationships and everything, I'm going to give you, there's five principles, I'm going to Tell you what they are first, and we're going to go back and look at each one. But the first one is the importance of significant touch, meaningful touch. The second one is a spoken message or the importance of words. The third one is attaching a high value to the person that's being blessed. I say, uh, using the words, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. The fourth one is picturing a special, a special, I had a hard time. Assuming, picturing a special future for the person that's being blessed. In other words, saying you can, you can do this. You can, absolutely, you can do this. The fifth one is a, uh, a an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. Okay, and I want to start with the first one. Meaningful touch. Dads, touch your kids in positive ways. Okay? In positive ways. Somebody said to me this morning at first service said the only time I ever remember my dad touching me was when he was beating me. And they were dead serious. But hold your kids' hand. Give them hugs. Give them kisses. Ruffle their hair. If they're little boys, you have to wrestle with them. That's part of that's part of meaningful touch. It's like little bear cubs. You know, you get out on the front room floor and you wrestle, and then you're the you're all three of you are wrestling. Uh, psychologists tell us that men and women, everyone needs at a minimum eight to 10 meaningful touches a day. Well, this is some of the older ones we'll notice. The younger ones, maybe you've heard of her, but back in the day, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was a, was a movie star and she quite had a, quite a reputation of being a moral woman. And... Uh, but Marilyn Monroe, what you may not know, she grew up in foster homes, in many, many foster homes. And uh, later in her career, uh, which by all standards of Hollywood had been a very successful career, she was being interviewed. And I read part of the interview, and, they, and the interviewer said, asked her, said, uh, can you ever tell me a time when you felt loved? And I thought, wow. I mean, I thought she could rattle them off. She thought. And then she told this story. She said it was in one of the foster homes. She said, I was a little girl. And she said, I walked into the bedroom of the, the woman and she was putting her makeup on. And she said, I stood watching her put makeup on. And I said, you look beautiful. And she said, she turned around and she took the, is it a brush you use? Kind of like a shaving thing for men a brush. She said, she took that brush and she brushed my cheeks and she put her hand on my head. She said, That's the only time I ever felt loved. Wow. Now think about that. Just for a few seconds. A few seconds. But she touched her in a meaningful way. It's important. Not only for our children. If you don't touch them, if you don't hug them, if you don't hold them in meaningful ways, the world has got substitutes out there not only for our children, but spouses. Not just in lovemaking, but holding hands, walking together, sitting side by side. I was thinking this morning, I was thinking about, it's still, I mean, Barbie and I are going to celebrate our 49th anniversary in a couple weeks. And it's still, I was, we was driving somewhere this week and, uh, and I was driving and she was, talk, we was talking and sitting there and all of a sudden she just reached her hand over and put her hand on top of my hand. I like to wreck the car. <laughs> wow I mean that's like that, that just 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 we had a we had a some of you some of the older ones in the house of prayer room remember remember Mr. Britton Norm and Rita Britton we called them our lovebirds Norm and Rita sit back here and I don't know they were probably in their 90s maybe getting close to 100 I don't know he 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 was he would come and he had a big thing he couldn't hear good at all and he had a big thing he would listen but they had sat back there on this side and they would just hold hands. And they were close. They were just love. They would hold hands when they come in. Hold. And it wasn't just for steady, okay? It was just, they, they sat there holding hands. Meaningful touch. All right. In Matthew 3, in the scripture that we read here, how did God model this for us? How did he, how, what was a meaningful touch for his son? It was a dove. It was a dove. Think about it. Now, the dove may have been so others could have seen but I also believe this is a way, and scripture says, I, thought, I, I when I first run this, I said the dove lit on his shoulders doesn't say that. It says the dove lit on Jesus, okay? So I'm thinking this, this is a way, this was meaningful. This was that connection. This was that touch. So if you've got kids here, we can practice some of this stuff. If you've got kids here, uh, I want you to you know, reach over and touch them. Pat them on the head. If you've got a spouse, if you're sitting close to a spouse, is you got permission, reach over and grab their hand or, or hug them. Phil, Phil Chapman, first service, he and Kelly were sitting back here and Phil reached over and put his arm around Kelly. He's, come here, baby. He's you know, like, I'm your cowboy. So all right, practice this right now, right now, where you are. Just reach over, touch one of your kids, touch your spouse's hand or somebody, touch them. Now, and th- that brings the second part because a lot of you did this. Along with the... T- <laughs> <laughs> Behold, his teeth, and <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Along with that touching is the spoken message, or words. And a lot of you said that. A lot of you, I heard. You, I heard a lot of you say, "Oh, I love you." Along with the touching is so significant to say to say it. One of the most uh, heartrending scriptures to me. Uh, And I mean, Barbie and I were reading this a while back and we read it down. I I just grieved and I said, oh man, is found in Genesis 27. And it's it's the cry of a son for his dad to bless him. In Genesis 27, you you know the story there, Isaac uh, has got two sons, Jacob and Esau. Isaac's getting old now. and, And let's look at it. It came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes got dim, he couldn't see. He called Esau, his oldest boy, and he said to him, My son, and Esau said, Here I am, Daddy. And he said, uh, I'm old, and I don't know how much longer I've got to live. And he said, Take your, your bow and arrow and go out into the, to the woods and kill a deer and bring me some of your good deer stew. I'm, this is Jerry Helton's version. It's close to it. You can read there. <laughs> and, and he said, And bring me this, this, this stew. Bring it to me so that, look at this now, so that I can eat it. And so then I may bless you before I die. Okay. Now we're going to skip what we're going to skip down to verse 30, but the, the story there is Esau was a firstborn and usually the eldest son got the, the birthright and the blessing and the birthright was basic, basically a double portion of the inheritance. Okay. Uh, I've got, I've got Bill and Don there and they're, they're my two boys and I'm getting ready. I'm getting older. And I, I look and say, Don, you're, you're the oldest by a couple years. I'm going to give I'm going to divide up my inheritance. I'm going to give Bill $100, but Don, you're getting $200 because you're my oldest. It was a double portion of the birthright. Esau, remember Esau coming in one time from hunting and he thought he was starving to death. And, and Jacob had some bean soup, split pea soup or something cooking. Sil Pruitt told me a great story about that. I haven't got time. Anyway, uh, he's cooking it. And, and, and Esau says, man, give me some of that. I'm about to die. And Jacob, he says, well, you can have all you want, but first it's going to cost you. These two brothers, going to cost you your birthright. So Esau's already given, traded Jacob his birthright for that stew. This is later. This is later. Esau is desiring the blessing. Jacob's wife, I, I mean, uh, Isaac's wife overhears this, and her favorite was Jacob. So they deceive, remember how they deceive Isaac, he, she she makes she goes and kills some goats and she fixes it up like deer stew and she takes it, gives it to Jacob. They put You remember they put goat skin and he comes in and he deceives it. Let's pick up in verse 30 now. It came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob and Jacob was just barely got out of the presence of his father when Esau came in from hunting and, he, and Esau had made this great venison stew and he brought it to his daddy and he said, Father, sit up and eat some of this and then let them bless me. And Isaac, his father, said, Who are you? And he said, Daddy, I'm I'm Esau. I'm the one you sent out to make this, to kill this deer and God bless me. And Isaac, the, the older father, trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that has taken venison and brought it to me and I've eaten of it and i blessed him? And indeed he's blessed. Look at this. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried now look at this, with a great and exceeding bitter cry. I don't think I've ever heard a, a well-described this uh, passionately, but he, but he cried with a great, exceeding bitter cry. And to his Daddy he said, "Bless me even also my father." Skip down to, where'd I go from there? Verse 38, listen to this. And Esau said to his father, have you got but one blessing, father? Bless me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. It's like Esau said, dad, dad, do this, bless me. I'm Esau. He cried for the blessing that wouldn't be his. Several years ago, good friend of mine, good man, he was killed in an accident. He had a, a, a grown son, had a family of his own, and I go to tell the son about his dad, about the accident, and he's grieving and he's sobbing, and we were in a room away from everybody else, and the son's sitting there and he's just sobbing. And his son said to me, all my life, I just wanted for one time to hear my daddy say, I'm proud of you. You did good. And he said, now I'll never hear it. And I sat there and and, and, uh, I cried with him. And I cried with him because this was, his dad was a friend of mine. He was a good man. He was a good man. He would probably say, I'm a, I'm a hard man. He's a good man. And he's probably a good dad in a lot of ways. But here was a son that was sobbing and grieving because never had he ever received, you did good. I love you. We kids, Our kids need to hear words of value. How did, God, how did our Heavenly Father model this for us in, in Matthew there? When this voice came from heaven, what did he say? Huh? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said, that's just my boy. I love him. I'm proud of him. Dads, dads, find ways to compliment each of your children. And your spouse's. Look for those positive ways you can do that. The third one is attaching high value to the ones being blessed. I call it saying, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. A lady who's a precious, precious friend of mine, very talented, very gifted, did a good job, has a family, she's grown she said to me, she said, uh, she made out, She made all, in, in her high school days, she made all city in basketball. She made all county in basketball. Uh, she, was, she was quite a star. If, if she'd have been a boy, we'd have called her. She said she's a stud on the basketball court. <laughs> she, she was really good. We were talking basketball one day and my friend said to me, no matter how well I played or how many points I scored, it was never good enough for my dad. Not one time, she said, I could have made every shot I made, but if I missed one when we got home, the first thing out of dad's mouth was you should have made that other shot. And it grieved. It was grieving her because, all, because she just wanted to hear, you did good. I'm proud of you. Now, and it's good to say that, but let me, let me go one step further. Let me, let me encourage you dads. Maybe it's a little bit easier for say I'm proud, you did a good job. But let, but let me warn you and encourage you, find value in who they are and not in just what they do, okay? Because sometimes if we, you know, we, I'm proud of you, you made, you made all-stars, or I'm proud of you. you, you made this accomplishment, or I'm proud of you, you revoted you know, you, you this. And that, that, that's okay to, to say that. It's okay to, to praise their achievements. But our children and our spouses need to be praised, we need to find that value of who they are. I'm proud of you because I saw your heart. When, it, when, I, when you did this and, or you did that, we can find ways to value them. Look for ways to do that. Let's, oh, there's a couple verses here. Look at Matthew 17, 5. It's very familiar, but this now is going to be about three years later after Matthew 3. Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's... Get, he's, he's Culminating the end of his ministry and there on the mountain God speaks again while, while Jesus was speaking a bright cloud overshadowed them Jesus and Peter, James and John and behold a voice out of cloud which said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased remember those words? we heard them back in, at the beginning right after the baptism but look at what else he says here listen to him listen to him Again, God is reaffirming to his son. Son, I love you. You're doing a good job. I love you. You're doing a good job. But here and all of that, this is what he says. And what you've got to say is of importance. You need to listen to him. He's placing this high value on who his son is and on the message he's got. Dads. And there's a verse in, in 2 Peter. I had never noticed before. Never noticed this before. Look at this. For he, Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you hear what what the writer is saying? When God said that regarding his son, Jesus, Jesus received honor and glory. He was blessed by the Father. How our children, how our spouses, how our co-workers need to hear those words of value. Fourth one is picturing a special future. This is what I call you can do it. You can do it. You know, there's all kinds of things and and, and, uh, value that's weight that's put to hearing those words that's encouraging them. You can do this. Well, I don't know if I can. What if I fail? Hey, you can do it. That's what I call building upon their strengths. Focusing upon, I'm about to lose my britches. Focusing upon the the can-dos instead of the can't-dos. You know? Focusing on building upon. You never build on negatives. You don't build on weaknesses. Uh, there's a preparing and rich as a premarital counseling uh computer testing and uh, you know you get both the, the engaged couple take this and, it, and the printout sends it back and it guides your counseling sessions and it, it, the I, I, first time I looked at this I, I just got I loved it because it's called areas of strengths and opportunities to build I love that I thought well why do not you just say strengths and weaknesses no because those weaknesses, you don't build on those. You build them up, but you build on the strengths, and that brings up the others. Wow. It's like Jeremiah. It's a verse that we use a lot, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a verse that God was talking about his nation, his people, Israel. And he said, I, I've got a plan for you. But we make the application, and I think it's accurate, we can do this. But God said to Israel, I've got a plan for you. and It's a plan to bless you and to give you a future. And we say Often, Jeff and Sarah say it, and we said as Christians to one another and ministry staff. We say, God's got a plan for your life. And I believe that's scriptural. I believe that we look at that. Psalm says that he knew us as we were being knitted or put together in our mother's womb. He knew us, man, when he was forming us. And he had a plan. He worked that plan. Now, for every one of us, that plan includes he wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Okay, that's his desire for all of us. He died so that we'd have access to that relationship through the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood atones for my sins and your sins. That's that desire. But then in that relationship, he has a plan for each of us that's unique. And we may not know it all at once, but he's working it as we walk with him. Fifth thing, and I've got to, got to close. The fifth thing is we need to have an active commitment to fulfilling the blessing in the lives of our children and our spouses and our people we work with. And what I, I've called that, and it's stay with it. We need to stay with it. We need to let them know. We need to let our kids know, hey, I'm, I'm with you, uh, you know. Don't matter what happens. No matter what happens, I'm with you. We're going to go through this with our spouses. That's staying with it. Hey, we're in this together. We're in this together, man. Barbie and I remember one time, we were, it, was, it was one of those times when we were, we were working on the opportunity to grow, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean. And, uh, and, 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 and we, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know what? We need to figure this out and learn to be a blessing and learn to get along together in love rather than being so picky at each other. Wow. And I said, man, if you just, if you just get right with the Lord, it'll work out. It didn't say that. I had better sense. But this eye is just getting healed. I'm not going to risk the other one. (laughs) But it's this this whole thing of staying with it and committed to them. We look at that. We look at, at again, how our Heavenly Father modeled so many of these principles in the life of his son. And how, as dads, we can draw deeply upon his model and say, yeah, meaningful touch, significant words. You know? Find it, give it encouragement. Find it all these things that we're doing in their life. Staying committed to this. Painting a picture of the future. Doing all these things. I want to close with a, a, a verse, a few verses in Numbers chapter 6. And the Lord spake to Moses and saying, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you should bless the children of Israel. Now look at this, look at this. This is God, we call it the, the Aaronic, Aaron. Aaron bless, Aaron's blessing. But, it, but it's God instructed Moses. Hey, these people need to be blessed. God knows that. He knows we need to be blessed, but we need to be a blessing. And he wants us to teach us how to be a blessing. Now for Aaron, he said, this is what you're going to say to the people. Look at this. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee And give thee peace, man. So important in our prayer cards we do every Tuesday, and usually on the bottom. Some of you've got my prayer card on the bottom. I'll put number 24 through twenty-six. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Now, just just a word, dads. I've tried to lay out some things not only that applies, they apply to everybody, but I've zeroed in on dads. Think it's so critical. Because my experience with uh, some 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 of you here this morning, we've been blessed with good dads. Okay? None of us were the perfect one. Okay? Because there's only one. But some of us were blessed with good dads. Some of you saw a transition in your dad. Maybe he was. At one point in his life, he was this person, but either through the grace of God or something happened, now he's a different person. Some of you here in first service, a person came up and said, I, I never knew my dad. I, I, I never don't remember him. Some of you may say, I, I don't even know who my father ever was. Some of you say, I never remember him. Some of you say, I had a dad, but I wish I didn't remember him. It was an abusive situation. What, what, what do you do? What do we do if we find ourselves in that situation in a message like this morning? Well, this is what... We do. No matter what our past, when we come to Jesus Christ in humility and submission to him for salvation and cleansing, he makes us a new creation. And we have a heavenly father in Christ, in him, in God the Father, that will never forsake us. He'll never leave us. And listen to me. He'll never abuse us. Sometimes he disciplines us, okay? If you've never been disciplined by him, either one thing, you're a brand new Christian or either you're not his or either you're really not being honest. Because scripture says those whom he loves, he corrects, right? But that discipline, even that discipline is done in such a way. Rodney was sharing with me this morning, Rodney Anderson, one of our men in a wheelchair, and some of the men, we were sitting in jury people. some of us were sitting in there ministering. I have to minister with Rodney's Cakes, and I just committed to the Lord and tried to do that. But we're sitting there, and, and uh, Rodney was showing us a picture. He's up on the wing of a jet, F-16, I think, and it was the one that, that broke his neck. The, the flap went down accidentally, and he was under it. And I asked him, I said, Rodney, have you ever thought about the what if? What if your neck, what if you hadn't broken your neck? What if you hadn't been, you lived your life in this wheelchair this year so have you ever thought of what would happen or what did happen and he sat there and he told us a story and I'm not going to be as long winded as Rodney was because it I mean, I ate two pieces of cake and drunk coffee and was hungry again <laughs> basically basically he was saying it was a time in his life it, it just comes to a rough time and it's basically a time in his life when he told all those around him I've got the next four to six years of my life planned and I'm in control he said Jerry I had said that he said just days before my accident he said when I woke up In the ICU, he said, just as surely, just a while later, he said, just as surely, he said, as we're talking, he said, God's spirit said to me, who has your life planned? I have it planned. God's got a plan for your life. Okay. For all of us, it it varies as far as, you know, what's going to happen to him physically. Different things. You know, some of us lose hair. Some of us don't. Some of us can stay as thin as a rail like Kurt's back there. And some of us just, you know, just it's water with me mostly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, it works when women say that. I just thought I'd try it. <laughs> I, we're, we're different. But this is the thing. God loves you. And in him, you have a heavenly father that loves you and wants that relationship. And he touches your life. Adam just talked about the song in the healing, in ministering, in all kinds of ways. And he wants to bless you. If you've never given your heart to him give it to him if you've been hurting under like some of these people i've talked about and, and every time and you're hurting under this all this because you never received the blessing from your earthly father and some of you say it's too late i, I read of a, of a guy actually he's a good christian guy and uh he was in ministry been in ministry for years helped many people and his dad they got a call on his dad they said your dad's dad's assisted living or nursing home and they said your dad's actively dying if you want to see him you need to get here and the guy got a plane and flew and got there as quickly as he could. And he said, because he wanted, he said, he all he wanted was to hear his dad say, I love you. And he never heard it. Never forget. I think I've, I can have permission to share this. Uh, so, some of us grew up in, and we grew up hard, okay? Some of you grew up hard, you know that. You may have known your dad loved you. Uh, had, a, had a person I first service. I, I just grew up hard. Uh, Barbie's dad grew up hard, Mr. Roger, Luke Rogers. My, he wasn't a Christian when we were, got married. It would be later in years, and he just died a couple years ago, 94 years old, World War II veteran, one of those heroes. But uh, Luke was a hard worker. Yeah, can't, man, he couldn't fall. He was a hard worker and he tried to be a good provider all he could raising those kids. But he just, he wasn't, he hadn't ever been shown affection. And, uh, and, and, and I found, I'm finding out later that his brothers and sisters said the same thing. But we were married. We had been married uh, a little while. And one night, Barbie, Barbie was, woke me up. She was crying. And she said, we need to go down to mom and dad's. I said, why? She said, I need to tell daddy I love him. Honey, it's, it's middle of the night. I can't sleep. I need to go tell daddy I love him. So here we go down to Luton Gladys's. They're in bed. The lights are all off. I knock on the door. Now, I'm surprised he didn't come to the door with a gun. That's normally how Papa would come to the door. But he comes to the, he comes to the door, and he sees us, invites us in. And here he is standing in his T-shirt and door tail, and, and Barbie with tears running down her face. And he wants to know what's wrong. And I hadn't touched her, I promise you. you know. he, but he's looking at me. He's looking at me. What's wrong with my girl? And, and, and she said, uh, she said daddy I just and she just, saw, she just saw him she said daddy I just needed to tell you I love you and I'll never forget that night and he said to her I love you and we got in the car and we headed back to the house and she said that's the first time my daddy's ever told me he loved me but it was worth waking him up in the middle of the night if you have the opportunity you say it a lot If you have to make phone calls, you make the phone calls or you do it some way. And it don't hurt the kids and grandkids and spouses. Just be a blessing. It's powerful. Let's pray. Father, just taking a, a, hopefully just taking a look at some of the principles in your word that's gonna help us to be more like you. And seeing how that you blessed and honored your son and he received that from you. When, you when you spoke from heaven saying this is my, this is my boy I, and I, I, I love him now Father we're, we sit here this morning some of us with little kids and boy this, this message is timely some of us our kids are teenagers and grown and it's still good some of us our kids are out and away some of us we may not have this opportunity but Lord all of us have an opportunity to the people around us whether they're grandkids or great grandkids whether they're a neighbor whether they're a church member or a co-worker to find ways of being an encouragement, to find ways of being a blessing. Father, help us to follow your example. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that's never asked you to come into their heart, and they may not have, they may not have felt the love from an earthly father, or maybe they have, but they've never felt the forgiveness of the, the Peace that comes with knowing that everything we've ever done wrong has been forgiven. It's under your blood. What freedom. Knowing that no matter how bad and what ugly things we did in the past that we think nobody ever knows or if they know they would never speak at us again. To knowing that, that we don't have to fear those when the enemy comes with those memories or with lies about them. Because you've forgiven us. If they've never experienced that, but they're here this morning and they want to ask you in their heart, you won't disappoint them. If that's you this morning, let me encourage you. Just to ask him, say, "God, I need you to be my father. I have nothing to offer you except what's left, and maybe it's been a mess. Maybe you've been trying your best. That's not good enough." We come to him and we say, This is who I am. And for some reason, because of grace and love and mercy, that's what he's waiting on. And he says, You're forgiven, my child. Wow. You'll never forget those words. My child, it's okay. I love you. I've taken care of it. You don't have to carry this guilt. You don't have to carry this burden. You don't have to carry this past anymore. I love you. Wow. Yeah, if you prayed that prayer, I'd encourage you just take a moment and say, thank you, Father. It's good to call you Father. It's good to call you Daddy. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray.